Hey guys, it's Kellyanne. You know, I've been watching a lot of cheesy romances over the holidays, so I needed a little more mystery in my life, you know, for balance. I recently finished the third installment from the Right or Wrong podcast. Listen to me, that's Writer, W-R-I-T-E-R, the Right or Wrong podcast. Let me tell you, I binged those last three episodes because I needed to know why there were people coming alive from out of a hole in the ground, you guys. The Right or Wrong podcast is a chapter-based fiction serial that invites us, the audience, to choose what happens next. And not every story is the same topic or the same genre, just original tales of the unexpected. Host Patrick Emil and his various co-hosts present bi-weekly installments of original audio plays. Then the audience, again, that means us, chooses what happens next. You just go vote on rightorwrongpodcast.com. And I haven't even told you my favorite thing. This is a Dallas-based show. So the hosts and the actors are right here in DFW. Right or Wrong Podcast is putting Dallas-Fort Worth creatives to work, and right now especially, we need that. Follow and subscribe to the Right or Wrong Podcast on all major podcast platforms, and do the same for Downstage Dallas while you're there, if you haven't already. Also, find them on writerwrongpodcast.com. That's writerwrongpodcast.com to listen and to vote for the next continuation in each chapter. Think of a favorite show. Have you ever wondered what the writers were thinking? Or how you might have done things differently. Welcome to Right or Wrong. Got him, Rory. Get your mom. It's chaos. Rory dives out of the way as Chalmers lunges towards Marky and Tasia and begins firing. Most of the crew runs out of the house in all directions, having wrong. not signed up. I mean, I've got my own thoughts on where, well, or on where I think you should go, but just by the writing. I do think that a supernatural aspect would be beneficial, mm -hmm. uh, given what has been set up. Right. Tonally, structurally, all that. Mm -hmm. However, I'm not sure. Back at Gribbertone's headquarters after a successful gig. So I say to this knucklehead, look. Don't, don't get, get all riled up, up creamy. Oh, okay, very funny. You've related this account to us um, on several prior just occasions. Just the way it's told, um, it, it felt like a comic book. Like I could see the stills of mm. each character yep. in some kind of pose. They had their own music. They had their own theme. Mm -hmm. um, very much what I was going for. It's so, it's so Only one way to find like, out. Join us brave listeners in our writer's room. Welcome to Right or Wrong. Hey there, everybody. It's Kellyanne. Listen, today is the first episode of the new year. It is 2021. And you know what? I'm going to change your life today. Not really. I mean, uh, we're going to like take some good steps to help you change your life, but maybe not going to change your life. Maybe we'll try. We'll do our best. I'm talking about the Enneagram today. What is the Enneagram? Well, it is, let me say it again, life-changing or can be. Stick around. Here we go. So I assume that everybody in my demographic that listens to this show knows what the Enneagram is. If not, well, I might not be the best person to explain it because I can't claim to be an expert, but I do know someone who I personally think is an expert. She is a theater educator and a friend of mine, Miss Brooke Potts. Thanks for having me, Kelly. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for taking some time to talk with me. Okay, so 
before we get into the Enneagram, you are a theater teacher in Grand Prairie. I should know the name of the school, but tell me the school again. That's okay. Um, I teach at Grand Prairie Fine Arts Academy. There it is. Is that, yeah. what grade level is that or levels? So we actually have sixth grade through 12th grade um, and I'm going to plug my school. We are open enrollment. So it's a public school, but it's a magnet school. And so students from all over the Metroplex audition for us and can get admitted. And um, we also have very high standards academically and just got Blue Ribbon School last year. And it's really, really fun. Students get to audition for their choice of seven strands for the fine arts. Uh, we have theater, visual arts, vocal music, dance, jazz band, mariachi, and orchestra. And I think I said everyone. And if I didn't, I'll get in trouble with someone. Let's talk about the Enneagram now. My favorite. For, for anybody who doesn't know what the Enneagram is, give me an elevator summary of what is the Enneagram. So the Enneagram is a personality typing system that is based off of motivations. And so it is not so much about what you do, but it's about why you do what you do. Because very often we're doing the same thing, but have completely different reasons for doing it. And a lot of times personality systems, typing systems are kind of like, yep, that's what you are. Maybe other people will understand you better. And you're just kind of expected. I don't know. I feel like I, cause I love personality typing systems. Oh, yeah, I'm an ESFJ. Um, <laughs> but to me, the Enneagram goes the next step and then telling it not only tells you what you are. Um, an example I like to hear is it, it tells you what box you're already in. So the Enneagram doesn't put you in a box, but it tells you what box you're already in. There you and go. Can help you get out of it. There you go. I like yeah. that a lot. Me too. <laughs> so you have a really, as a theater educator, you have a really cool way of teaching it specifically to artists. Um, and I heard you give this presentation from uh, Rebecca Lowry's 21 Day Challenge, which I believe is happening actually right now. So um, <laughs> she's 21 Day Challenge going on right yeah. now. Yeah. So shout out to her, go follow um, or go join her Facebook group, Rebecca Lowry's Audition Prep or Audition Prep with Rebecca Lowry to find out. And when her Instagram, her TikTok is a company musical, I think. Yes. Getting real big on there. Oh, she is famous on TikTok right now. Sooner or later, she's going to have the blue check mark, a company musicals. So let's get into this. The Enneagram for the artist. Where do you start? Do you start number one or number nine? I start with eight, actually. Oh, eight. Um, so in the Enneagram, uh, there's kind of a circle, there's a diagram that goes along with it and you travel around the circle. And so nine and one are next to each other, but I like to start with eights, uh, because eights are probably the strongest personality type on the Enneagram, uh, for sure, the most aggressive in good ways and bad. And you very much have to get them at the beginning or they're checked out the whole time. And they're like, nah, this is crap. I'm leaving. So you got to get the eights in first. Oh, okay. Well then we should just start. I should have started with the episode. Like, Hey, if you're a type eight. <laughs> Let's get to you real quick. Yeah. Um, no time so to I'm going to talk a little bit. I'll talk a little bit about each number in case you're unfamiliar with the Enneagram um, and give you a couple more resources if you're interested in learning about it after this. But I wanted to, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that they can face as an artist um, and then ways to kind of move past that. But then also talk a little bit about how Enneagram in general can help artists. And so the first oh, okay. one being just in general, uh, especially for actors and I think directors as well, you know, acting is about motivations. 
we always talk about what motivates this character. Why is this character doing what they do? It's a huge part of our students, you know, analysis form that they fill out. What's your objective? And then what's the motivation behind it? Um, you know, directors always talk, you don't want to have unmotivated blocking. We've started yeah. having our acting students uh, decide what their character's Enneagram number is. And because you want to- I love that, what their character's Enneagram number is. So I oh think like, okay, so for Blanche Dubois, she, I think she's a four, which is the romanticist. Um, and the romanticist very much kind of has this like world that they live in and they want to be unique and they want to be special, but they're also worried about being too much, but they're also worried about not being enough. Um, so it could come from that place if Blanche is needing to be unique and that's why she's always looking for approval from men. Um, or she could be a three, which is the achiever and they just want to win. So maybe her goal isn't, I need to be special. It's just, I just have to be the best in the room. Or Stella, I like to think of as a two because she's always helping Blanche. And um, she's always wanting to help people and take care of them. But then she could also be the nine, which is the peacemaker. And they just want everyone to get along. And you, so you can choose to play your roles totally different based off of what your motivations are. I am obsessed with this. Like, I can't wait for the next show that I'm in, whenever that may be right. <laughs> down the road. Who knows at this point? But finding the finding the number for my character. I love that. It's it's really helpful because it helps it um can help identify what's important to the character. Yeah. And I, I think it's a super fascinating conversation for an actor and director to have together because it can go along with the vision of the show. Um, but I just think it really can help clarify because sometimes, you know, actors are like, well, I just think they do this. And you're like, okay, but why? <laughs> no, that's dumb. Not really. I don't tell my kids that's dumb. No, um, no, no, never. <laughs> but you're like, okay, but why? And the Enneagram can help you figure out the why. Yeah. And then, um, so that's what I kind of see in the performance aspect and the direction aspect for sure. And so even as a writer, if, when you're writing characters, it's helpful to know what is their main drive. And in the Enneagram, they have these nine different drives. Um, so I just think it's fascinating that you can play around with those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. um, and then specifically, but now I'm going to kind of get more into like the personal side of things um, from as an artist, how can the Enneagram help me? beyond just what I'm performing. Um, it's more kind of what things might hinder me and then what can I kind of do to reach out from them. Um, so like I said, I'll start with the eights. Uh, eights are called the challengers. Uh, and they are, like I said, I, the most intense personality on the Enneagram. And that can be for the best or that can be for the worst. Um, but their passion and their drive is like hope and justice. And they love to argue. Um, and they're huge readers for the underdogs. And so they don't want any side to go unseen. And so even if they don't agree with the side, they might argue for it because they want to make sure that side is heard. Um, and another really big thing for eights is they don't want to be controlled. They don't have to be in control. They don't have to be the boss, but they don't want you controlling them. And so when they're artists, um, that can be really difficult if they're the actor working with a director or if they're a director that's hearing from a producer or if they're a designer not really liking the director's vision. All of those kind of power plays can be really, really difficult for an eight because they do not want to be controlled. Um, and that really comes from a place of not wanting to be vulnerable. They, I like to call them like teddy bear with claws or teddy bear with teeth. 
And because they have these amazing, warm, cuddly hearts and they want to root for the underdog and they protect the people in their circle. Uh, but they're kind of scared of people seeing that inside. And so that can be really difficult, especially as an actor, when you're needing to be vulnerable in some scenes and not yeah. wanting to be. So, or, so are there any, are there any number, are there any types that you think can't be actors or shouldn't yeah. be actors? No, everyone can get out of their box. Good point. <laughs> you just got to work at it. Good point. Uh, and so, yeah, so, or if, you know, if they're not actors, there are other artists, it can be vulnerable sharing your work with someone, or then it can vulnerability and accepting criticism. It's really, really hard for them. Um, and then another thing that's really hard for eights is they can just disregard others' feelings. Um, they can, and it's not coming from a place of meanness. It's just like, oh, oh, well, I don't agree. And it oh, doesn't yeah. And they move on. Uh, and so those things can really keep them it can keep them from developing good relationships with their artistic buddies. Um, so again, whether that's taking feedback or really getting to like the nitty gritty of the scene. And so things that are really beneficial for them are one, just like notice those tendencies in themselves. I feel like a lot of times we, once we're, something's brought to our attention about ourselves, we can do a much better job of like working against it. <laughs> but um, exactly. Eight. And so that's one thing for eights is to kind of notice those things. And they also tend to overexert themselves because they're such intense people that they just keep going and going and going and it can overwork them. Um, and so one way is to when they get scared or when they start to feel those walls come up, it's okay to acknowledge like, oh, that's coming from a place of fear. And really that fear is coming, that fear that they have is I'm going to be betrayed. Um, and so kind of acknowledging, oh, this is triggering that core fear of betrayal. And then being able to work through that kind of stuff really helps. Uh, and it's also helpful for them to really practice knowing what's in their control and what's out of their control. And saying, okay, well, as an actor, what's in my control is my character analysis or what's in my control is how you know, I see my character and those sorts of things and being able, and, but then also knowing what's out of their control and knowing, well, yep, the director's in control for that. You don't get a say. <laughs> the the uh, eight sounds like the one person in the cast who pulls someone else to the side to give their notes to that person. Like, well, I... Sometimes, um, because they don't necessarily have to be the one in control. Ones, which is my type, we totally do that. <laughs> okay, um, we'll get we'll get to the we'll ones that we'll get yeah, to them. Eights would be the one that like, well, I'm pretty sure I'm right, and the director would give them a note, and they'd be like, "No, mm. <laughs> I'm doing it right." Um, yeah. It's much more their kind of mo. Um, and then we keep moving around the circle, and we get to the nines, who are the peacemakers, and that core drive is for everything to be nice and serene and chill. Uh, and <laughs> nines are so sweet. Um, but one of the struggles that nines have is they have a hard time knowing themselves because they are so focused on everybody else's point of view and kind of seeing all perspectives and all sides. They sometimes forget to pay attention to what their own desires are, what their own opinions are on something. And so like something that can happen is they can really struggle to remain present in a scene or in a rehearsal because they're like off in la la land and being like I wonder what this is like or it's like it's nice and peaceful in my brain and if I pay attention that peace is going to be disturbed um or it can be part you know like or especially like if there's conflict around them it's 
hmm, well, I can see this side and I can see this side and I can see this side and kind of going all the way around and they kind of forget to stay in the moment. Mm -hmm. And that can be really hard as a scene partner because yes, yeah. uh, you know, acting is reacting and it's yeah. hard to have that. Um, but they also can really struggle with suppressing their emotions because emotions can disrupt that inner peace. And so if someone has repressed their emotions so often in their own life, it's really hard for them to bring those forward in a scene. Um, I have, I've had a couple of students who I'm like, dude, like I need more, but they don't give me much emotion in real life. And it's too hard for them to access those emotions in, in acting as well. Gotcha. Uh, but for nine, so like think, like notice when they start to numb out or notice if they start to over-identify with others. And a big thing for nines is to practice actually asserting their feelings and just like saying them like, I'm feeling this or nope, this is my opinion. Uh, and because a lot, and a lot of what they're coming from is they're scared of messing up a relationship. And that's why they won't say things out of the ordinary. And so big things for nines is learning to trust their artistic community, that them having opinion isn't going to cancel that friendship. Like you can have opinions and have wants and desires and still have friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. So kind of like I could see nines having a hard time maybe communicating if they're needing more from a director or nine's gonna have a hard time communicating if they are needing the dance combo to go over again because they don't wanna ruin that relationship between them and who they're working with. When in reality, you know, you and I know, oh, well, they can just ask. But for a nine, it's like, oh no, it's gonna ruin it. Yeah. And isn't it weird that, I mean, you're only through two of these and I'm like, I hear, I think, when I heard you do this presentation originally, I thought this as well too, through all the numbers. I'm like, well, I can hear myself in a little bit of all of them. And I know, mm -hmm. I, I know you can't be all nine. You probably can't even be, you can't, well, you definitely can't be all use, nine. We all use most of these numbers in some way or fashion or form. The Enneagram yeah. is really more, what do you use the most? Yeah. So I, cause I mean, I use the nine a little bit cause I very much, if I ask a question, they're going to hate me. Um, which is dumb. I'm a teacher. That's like my job is answering questions and I love answering questions, but in my brain, mm -hmm. if I'm asking someone a question, then they were like, well, she's incompetent. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, I, when you said that, I was kind of like, oh, well, yeah, I, I could sometimes not want to like ask a question. Yeah. Whereas reason. like the eight is like, I have a question or they're like, this is stupid. I'm doing it my own way. <laughs> It's kind of how they operate. Um, but then we have the ones. And so I'm a one uh, and I'm a perfectionist. And that's what they're called. They can also be called the reformer. Uh, and ones are very much driven to be good. And so it's not doesn't have to be the best, but they have to be good. And so being right is a very big thing for ones. And that's really, I think, what holds me back the most is this fear of being wrong. Um, and so for ones, it can be really difficult to take those artistic risks because we're so focused on being right. Um, we also can, and like in that thing of believing that mistakes are not allowed because a mistake is bad. A mistake isn't right. And so a mistake can get you ruined basically. Like it'll get you canceled. And so it's very much like if I flub this line, they're going to fire me. Or if I get this dance step wrong, if I can't get this dance step right by the end of the day, they probably will never want to work with me again. Um, yeah. And, or noticing mistakes because a one superpower is 
noticing all the tiny details. And so there's quite often when I'll see a mistake and it's glaring and I'll go home and I'll be like, oh my God, that was such a huge mistake and everything's the worst and they probably hate me and no one likes me anymore. And then the next morning after I've like had, you know, some food and a bath, I'm like, oh, that was really little. And when I get to the rehearsal, <laughs> they're like, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, oh, they didn't even notice. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. And so really being afraid to take risks is a huge thing. Like, I don't want to do this wrong. And if I go too far with it, that might be wrong. And so for ones, it's good to observe that perfectionism, or it's also called like the inner critic. There's a little voice in their head that's constantly critiquing them and everything around them as well. And so recognizing what that is can really help like, oh, no, 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 the inner critic's working overtime. And another big issue with the ones is we get very black and white, like, well, it's my way or the highway, I'm right. And so especially like when working with eights, that is a, can be such a headbutt because eights are like, whatever, don't control me. And the one's like, no, but I'm right. Um, and then the nine thinks if they just speak, then, 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 one, then both are going to hate them. Yeah. And the nine just is like eating popcorn. Um, I had a nine roommate. And if there was like debate or discussion, she would just like dance around. She called it her conflict dance. <laughs> you know, if you're going to solve conflict in any way, a, a dance, a dance might be the best way to do it. Watch it and be like, ooh. Or not even solve conflict, but just deal with the conflict. The, I just observe it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Might as well. And then ones can also be very, they can be very judgmental because again, they see a right way and a wrong way to do things. And if they disagree with the way that someone is doing it, it's almost impossible for us not to want to say something. Like if something's inefficient, God help me. Um, <laughs> and so it can be kind of hard. It's similar to eights. It can be kind of hard for ones to relinquish control. But coming again, coming from a different place, eight just doesn't want to be controlled. It has nothing to do with doing it the right way. It's just like, mm, don't control me. Where the one is like, but that's wrong. Why would you do that? <laughs> so for ones, it's very much making sure they like acknowledge, oh, there's an inner critic. It's okay. It's okay that you messed up that line. You're still an artist. Or it's okay that you couldn't get this dance step. You're still an artist. It doesn't disqualify you. Um, but then also learning to kind of live in the gray area and allow others to make mistakes, not just yourself and understanding um, that you can watch someone and just support them. They don't always need to hear what could be better. Um, a big part about being a, again, it, because you hate is such a community thing. And that's one of the things mm -hmm. I love about the Enneagram is it teaches you to be better for yourself, but also for your community. And yeah. uh, one's a big thing is letting go of that need to critique and instead learning to just support and love. Oh, I love that. I like that you end each one of these like with the not the not the 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 critique of that type, but the what they need, what they're I can't can't even figure out the words I'm trying to say right now. I'm just so emotional. Right. It's so I beautiful. mean it's horrible and I hate that when like <laughs> I'm like, well, you're the worst. Um, because that's kind of how the Enneagram can feel when you first hear about your number. You're like, oh my God, I do all those things. And it's not, that's not what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be condemning. Right. And it's not supposed to be an excuse for your behavior. Like, oh, well, I'm a one. That's just how I am. Like, right. One is not yes. an excuse for me to critique you. That's mm -hmm. not loving. That's <laughs> just me if I do it all the time. Um, and so I find, I find the Enneagram to be very loving and supportive. Um, it's helped me a lot with my relationships with my students too. Um, yeah, I agree. The two is the helper and their core goal is just to help people. Like their superpower is walking into a room and 
seeing people and almost knowing immediately what they need and knowing how to help them. But where this can really hold them back is they get so focused on others' needs that it's really hard for them to put themselves first. And so as an actor, like in a scene, they can be so focused on giving the other person what they need that they kind of forget to act almost or um, in a rehearsal setting, especially. Like, let's say they really needed to be focused on writing down their blocking, but this person had a question, they're gonna go to help them first. Or if there's an emotional need, they really should be focusing at rehearsal, but this friend's crying and they need help. Um, and they're also really, really sensitive to criticism because they are trying so hard to be so helpful. And if you're like, can you chill a little? <laughs> it, it's the end of the world. Um, because the lie that a two hears in their head is, if they don't need me, they won't love me. Oh, yeah. No, that is so sad. And so they're really battling. Yeah, I just they're just battling that constantly. And so it can be, um, I'm really excited about the scene. I can't do, wait to do my scene work. I can't wait to act. And then when they get there, if their friend is having a bad day and they're trying to rehearse, they almost can't focus on their rehearsal because their friend is sad, or even in performances, it can be hard to keep your head in the game if you know something else is going on with the friend, because it doesn't have to be something that's happening at rehearsal that they feel the need to serve for. Um, and it, they just, and then, and so just that unable, that inability to focus on self. So that also means they kind of, kind of like the nines, they can be really blind to their own needs. Um, and so a two may not know what they need to work on to improve. And a two, well, and a two will also believe if I take time to work on myself, you'll hate me um, because it's taking time away from me paying attention to you. Yeah. And so again, like taking time to recognize those things. Oh, and the other thing to really struggle with is if they are, um, they, because their superpower is knowing immediately how to help someone, they get really angry when people can't read their minds and know what they need. And it's like, well, I take care of you all the time. Why don't you know how to take care of me? And right. they can just become this like simmering resentment of what, why don't I deserve love? Why can't you just take care of me? And so they're really bad at communicating those needs. Um, and so a big thing, one is learning to communicate those needs, like learning to recognize that um, and knowing that it's okay to say, hey, I need to go focus on myself or telling people no telling people no is like the hardest thing in the world for it too. Um, oh. Because again, they, they believe that if I tell them no, they will never want to be my friend again. If right. I don't help them, it's over. Or in a rehearsal setting, it's if I don't help them, they don't want me in the show anymore. And so twos really have to take kind of a stand for themselves that I'm worthy of this time and I'm worthy of helping myself. I don't have to help others to be loved or to be valued um, in this group. So that and like voicing their emotions, I feel sad, I need comfort, I feel overextended. Um, voicing those things is a huge help and can kind of give them a release. And then once they do that, they're able then to actually feel the emotions instead of feeling like they always have to suppress them. Um, and again, being an actor is such a huge, being such a huge part of being an artist in general is feeling emotions. <laughs> and letting yeah, the other people part. experience those with us. It's a small part of being an actor is have, having and feeling emotions. <laughs> yeah. They're, they can be a little important. Let's go to number three. And three. 
Number three is what I personally think I am. And our, uh, our, our good friend, Madison Paulette, she's very much into the Enneagram. She disagrees and thinks I am, um, a nine wing one, she says. So I, this is why I love listening to all the numbers because Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I, I, I see myself in a little bit of all of them, but I, I very much think I'm a three. So tell us about the threes. Yeah. So threes are the achievers. They're the competitive ones and they just want to win. Like that's the goal. It doesn't matter if you are perfect. You can, you can not be perfect and still win. Um, whereas for me, if I'm imperfect, that's a loss. It doesn't matter if I got first place, if it was imperfect, it's a loss. And, and so threes are, they are just, I mean, one, they really struggle with the go, go, go. Cause it's, I always have to be achieving the next thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I think about like your jobs and everything that you did in college and they were all very prestigious and like these big deals. Girl, you had and, the same jobs as me in college. <laughs> No, I want it to be just like you. Oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> but they, they're the other, so the really cool thing to me about threes is they can kind of morph into whatever the situation needs. And so we talked, I talked a little bit about superpowers. Their superpower is walking into a room and knowing how to win. Um, so, you know, if that's a, like we all need to support each other and love each other around. They're like, I'm the most supporting and the most loving, but you know, then if they walk into a competitive room, it's like, yeah, I'm the best. What are you going to do? You know, they just know where that is. And they kind of say, if you get all of the threes groups of friends, if you get each separate group of friends into the same room, it's like, they all know a different person. Um, and so one of the things that they can really struggle with is inauthenticity because if they're not careful, they're so focused on being what other people want, what other people see as the winner that they kind of can suppress who they actually are because um, they're focused on winning the room. And, and uh, some like things that can hold them back, similar to a one, the fear of taking risks because a three does not want to be embarrassed. They are, are petrified of being embarrassed. It is the worst possible thing. Um, my sister is a very aggressive three. And when she was little, she thought cute was meant embarrassing. Like she thought that meant people were going to talk down to her or like kind of belittling it. Oh, that's cute. And so she wanted to be cool. That was, I mean, still kind of is something she struggles with. Her number one goal of, is being cool. Um, and so like, it, we were like, oh, Cassie, you look so cute. And she'd run upstairs and change because she didn't want to look <laughs> cute. She wanted to be cool. And so they it's not so much they can't try new things. They will, but they will only try something new if they know they can win. Mm, yeah. Or if they get, they can try something new and if they feel it going south, they will almost, they'll kind of purposefully sabotage to make a joke of it so that they're winning the joke and that the laugh, then they're controlling where the laughter is coming from. Yeah. Um, and it's no longer... Oh, ha, 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 you failed. It's, oh, ha, 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 what a funny joke you made about failing. Yes. Um, I'm more like leaning towards that. And so emotions can be really hard um, because they're kind of focused on protecting this image. Um, But another thing that, I mean, that scares them is a meaningless win. Like they're a little worried. What if I didn't earn this? Um, And so sometimes like casting, especially if they're looking at a show where they know people, they want to earn that spot. They don't just want to be given the lead role. 
they want to earn it. And so they can kind of second guess themselves. Was I actually that good? Or did someone just give this to me? And if they think it was just given to them, it just won't mean really hardly anything to them because they didn't earn it. They're very focused on earning that. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, the kind of the lie that the three here is if I don't earn your love, you won't love me. Um, they kind of don't believe that love can just be given. It has to be earned. And so, so it can be like hard for people to believe in them. Like if they don't feel like they've impressed this director, it can be really hard for them to maybe open up to them and express those things. Um, but that can make them hard to work that whole, but that tendency to morph into who they're working, like whatever the room is can make them kind of difficult to work with. Cause it's like, <laughs> wait, I don't know who's showing up to rehearsal today. Yeah. Like where, where are we at? Um, that focus on image and appearance can really impede them because they are struggling so hard to be cool. Then maybe they're not able to play that silly character or that stupid character or just a character that they don't think is strong. I mean, they can really avoid rest because they're just so go, 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 similar to the eights. Um, well, I will tell you, I, I, I do not shy away from playing a silly character. <laughs> no, you're very silly. I, that is, those are the characters that I want to be. And then, so in a big thing, um, four threes is they do have to work on just being present and just being and not doing. Um, mm. And so what is it like to be simply yourself? And kind of what is it to be present focused instead of always focused on the next thing? It's learning to focus more on what's happening in the moment. Um, so you can be a lot more present in those scenes. Um, and then, or knowing when they're getting hesitant about like something, like maybe they don't want to do something. Where's that fear coming from? Well, I don't want to fail. Okay, well, why are you scared of failing? Well, I'm afraid I'm going to be worthless if I fail. And then kind of going through and that like, okay, but that's not true. You're not worthless if you fail. Um, and kind of like working through that. Okay, now fours, fours have a couple different names. One's the individualist, one's the artist, one mm. is the romanticist. Uh, but fours, we have a crazy high percentage of fours at my school. Like the, our student numbers, if I was to get all their Enneagram types, even just in my classes, four is off the charts above everyone else. Um, well, four, even just those titles sound very actor-like. Oh, yes, yes. Um, a four superpower is they feel all the emotions all the time. <laughs> and so that sounds exhausting. It, <laughs> yes, it's exhausting. <laughs> and so like, and so it's amazing because they can both as friends and as performers, they, we need to cry. Let's cry. You want to laugh? Let's laugh. You need to hug. Let's do it. We're, are we angry? Let's go. Like whatever it is, I'm ready. Um, and so from a performance perspective, it's amazing because they're so in the scene and just wherever they need to be emotionally, they can get there because they have all these emotions. Um, they, they also, they want to be unique so bad. They don't want to copy. They, they want to be uniquely themselves. And so then they're constantly kind of straddling this line of, I don't want to be too much, but I'm also terrified of not being enough. Yeah. And kind of like, knowing where that goes and so like or like another like contradiction they are terrified of getting too many notes from the director because they don't but then also if they don't have enough notes so like they didn't wreck they didn't see me <laughs> and or like being nameless like just being a chorus member is really hard for a four because they're like but i'm unique right yes i need to stand out um, and then sometimes those emotions like because they have all those emotions so close to the chest, if they're tired, 
criticism can crush them. And like I have one of my very favorite students really struggled with that. But when she started having this tool, she started understanding why she was always emotional and was able to stop feeling ashamed of the emotions. And instead just kind of like take them as they came. And she got a pretty harsh note, like during tech week. So we're all tired. And right. she was sitting there crying and writing it down. And I went to check on her. I was like, are you okay? She was, yeah, I'm just having a floor moment. I'll be okay in a minute. I know it's just, it's just high emotions. <laughs> I was like, okay. As long as you understand that and you can cope with it. Okay, good. Yeah. Oh. For the people around her that like, cause then the director, he's like, oh my God, did I just crush her? And I was like, no, she's fine. No, she knows you're good. And he's like, okay, I was worried. Um, Fours can also get really jealous of what other people have because they kind of feel like everyone else has it figured out and they're the only ones that are incomplete um, and just kind of discontent. Um, and oh, so, four, should, four should not be on social media then. The FOMO yeah. is real. Or another thing that I noticed with fours, because my friend, one of my other friends who's a four, she was like, I didn't realize that until you said it she would be sad and I'd walk into her room and she'd be listening to sad music. And she's like, I'm just really depressed today. And I was like, well, turn this music off. And she's like, no, I don't think it matters. I think it's just a reflection of how I'm feeling. It's not causing it. And I was like, I think it is. <laughs> and sure enough, like, and she talked about it. We talked about it recently. She's like, oh, it wasn't until you said something. So like, if she's going through a dark time, she'll purposely avoid dark music because she knows it influences your, her emotions so heavily. Um, and so another struggle for four is because of that strive and that need to be unique. Um, like I think about like as directors or actors, sometimes it can lead them to make really wacky choices. And you're like, what the heck? But it's <laughs> done before it's unique. Exactly. It's like, okay, but let's hold on to the truth of the piece. Let's not just try to be different. Let's make sure we're doing this really truthfully. Um, and so one thing is to acknowledge those emotions and to allow them to not shame them for feeling all those emotions. Uh, but then also kind of understanding what is causing all of when, especially negative emotions, what are, what is causing my negative emotions or what's causing this discontentment. And I don't know if that's a word discontentment. Just, yeah, surely it has to be. Yeah, contentment, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're terrified of being insignificant. And so kind of recognizing why am I feeling that? Well, I'm feeling insignificant. Why is that scary? If you don't see me, you won't love me. And kind of following that train back to what that core fear is. And then it can a lot of, then that kind of enables them. Okay, no, 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 it's significant. And so they can also be really, you know, sometimes kind of scared to do small things because that's not what's going to get them recognition. They can get really impatient to get to the big thing that they're going towards. Cause it's like, cause I need the world to know my name. Exactly. I can see why that, why, why that then is why all of those traits are, uh, what would you call it? The wing of the three. Yes, right, right yes. next to three, because um, that, yeah, that that kind of hits home. That sound those those two things sounds very similar with the the achiever, the mm-hmm. three, and then there's the fives. Um, the fives are the investigative thinkers, and there tends to be a lower percentage of fives within artists, um, uh, because the fives, again, are the investigators. They're very focused on gathering as much information, as much knowledge that they can as possible. Um, and so, and then energy is another huge thing that they're terrified of running out of energy. Um, and so 
they can be kind of scared to expend energy at a rehearsal or during a show because they're terrified of running out of energy for the day. Um, and because they're such investigators and they try to know so many things, they tend to be amazing at like character research. But that, that's sometimes what that was my first try- thought when you said that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the character analysis it, of that person would, would be fantastic. Oh, my husband's a five and the character analysis he does is insane. He just thinks so far into something and will research okay, well, it's during this time period and they're from this place. So how would they pronounce this vowel? And like very focused on things like that or just character choices, like motives and why they would do what they do. Um, They go way far with that. But the kind of downside of all of that is it means that they can kind of distrust their leaders. And they're like, well, Mm -hmm. I think I know more about this than you do. And it can be really hard to respect someone who they don't think has the same amount of knowledge. Um, And it, it can create a real again, head buddy situation. And so critiques are also kind of difficult for them because of that, because they're like, okay, but I did like a lot of research on this and they really kind of struggle with that aspect of it. And then because they're so cerebral and so focused on this knowledge aspect, they really struggle uh, kind of with the physical aspect of things. So they might be so focused on making sure the character analysis is right. They forget to memorize the lines or they forget to learn the dance step or even just take care of their bodies. They forget to eat food to prep for rehearsal because they were focused on something else. Um, And so big things for them are acknowledging when they're getting kind of hoard, like hoardish, hoardy, like they want to hoard their resources. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. So kind for them to notice why am I shutting down? Um, And they also have to really practice making sure they're, they're, living their life, but then they also have to learn to take the critique of, okay, I get your character's analysis. I get that motivation. I'm telling you it doesn't read as a director and you have to take that. Um, but they're like, okay, but it makes sense. And it's like to you. Yeah. Like that can be a big, big battle for them. Um, and then also too, for them, like they need to practice putting their thoughts and emotions into real world action. So they can't just think about things they would like to do with the character. They need to go for it. Um, oh, I would like to be better at this. We'll just do it. Yeah. Stop, stop kind of thinking about it and go for it. You need to really, and it doesn't have to be everything. Um, and it shouldn't be everything because that can get to an unhealthy place, but they just need big practice points for fives are have a goal and then go for it and don't just research it, actually achieve it was a big thing for them. Um, and just reminding themselves that there, there will be more energy. There will be more time. You will get more emotions. Like it's okay. You're not going to run out forever. And so like, be okay with it. Maybe feeling like you're going to run out for now. And that's, two it. More- that's interesting to me. I would want to, I want to know why, what, what's the, the, the reasoning behind that, the feeling like you're going to run what what's the why do you why would you have that fear of feeling like you're going to run out of energy and maybe you don't know this question I just thought of it <laughs> yeah no I think well like for I think about like you know how like when you've had like a really long day and you haven't had any food and you're like if anyone asks me one more question I'm gonna lose it that's me every like hour well there you go so maybe you're fine <laughs> so- uh, it it's kind of like that but it's this it like, so the, so like the way I said, like a two, if you don't need me, you won't love me. Um, a five more so kind of hears like, if I run out, I'm not going to be enough. And then I won't be loved. Mm. 
or it's just going to ruin me forever. So kind of like I'm afraid of making a mistake, whereas eights are typically not afraid of making mistakes at all. Yeah. But a mistake is terrifying to me. And so fives, it's just mis- that running out is horrifying. Um, whereas I'll be like, no, 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 I'll go, go, go until I crash and that's okay. I just need to crash later. Um, but a five, uh, it's kind of like if we all start off the day with a social battery um, and most people start off with like 70 or 80%, um, and we can get down to 5% and then it really doesn't phase us. We don't really get stressed about it. But a five starts the day at like 20%. And okay. once they get down to 5%, it is panic mode. It's like, get me home and away from people. <laughs> okay, this makes, this makes a lot more sense now. I'm glad I had a follow-up question. <laughs> it started really all making sense as soon as you told me like the hangry metaphor in the beginning. Uh, yep. Yeah, they just... <laughs> And like, for me, it's, I, <laughs> I try to avoid being hangry because I know it's bad for the people around me. <laughs> um, the five, it comes more for it's bad for me. Oh yeah. I get it. I understand you fives. I understand you. Um, and then when they have the sixes, so they're called the loyalist. Um, a lot of people who have anxiety really identify with this number. Um, but that's more so of an anxiety disorder. Um, and so it's kind of figuring out, well, there are, are there other motivations, but, um, sixes are very much motivated by feeling safe. They just want to be safe. Um, and so they are constantly seeing what could be bad in any situation or how it could go wrong. And what's the escape plan. Um, cause like my, so I walk into a room and see what's wrong and know how to fix it. The six walks into a room and sees what's wrong and has an escape plan. Um, like they're. They're funny. Sixes are typically incredibly funny because they have this kind of like self-deprecating kind of dark sense of humor. And they're like consistently very funny people. Um, But a big issue for them is that there is risk involved with art and there's a, a lack of security and not knowing things terrifies them. And so when you're creating art, you don't know how it's going to be received. You don't know what's going to happen with this. And that is really scary to them. So it can be very hard for them to take a risk because they don't know the outcome. Um, And they can't plan for every outcome because live, especially live art, you you can't, you don't know what's going to happen during the show. (laughs) The show's just going to happen and you got to go with it. Um, And so they really have to work on making sure when they have, observing worst case scenario thinking, uh, I, sixes tend to make excellent stage managers because they see everything. Um, hmm. I like that little extra tidbit. Yeah. That's your, they just it, ones and sixes really are excellent stage managers. Cause we see all those tiny details. Um, and ones will fix the detail and a six has a fix for when it happens type of thing. Um, but a big thing with sixes is I talked about the one having a little bit of an inner critic. Um, the sixes have an inner committee. And so they have this whole, they have lots of different voices in their head. Well, maybe this, well, maybe this, well, maybe this, well, maybe that. Um, and so because of that, they have a hard time trusting themselves. And so that can happen as a performer. You're like, how should I say this line? What is, you know, any of those choices or as a director, like, what do I make this choice for or design? And this inner committee kind of constantly battling in their head makes it really hard for them to trust themselves. Um, and so 
one thing that helps a six a lot is uh, if you're worried about something and you're thinking in worst case scenario terms, verbalize what is the best case scenario. Oh. And that can kind of help them turn it around a little bit. Yeah. Um, Self-care activities are incredibly important for a six. Like find something that makes you feel safe and cozy. Um, so I would think for sixes, being in a show with a team they trust is a huge thing. Um, so I would think it's probably very hard for them to branch out with a different creative team. I mean, and I'm a little bit like this, like, oh no, I know this person's gonna produce quality content. They're gonna be kind to me and they're gonna take care of everything. Whereas going to maybe a new theater can be really scary because they don't yeah. really see no. um, And so, and then with them, when they're being afraid and they just get petrified, the lie they hear is, if I make the wrong choice, you won't love me. Um, again, similar to ones, but if I make the wrong choice, they won't want me anymore. And so kind of like acknowledging that and realizing they're allowed to make wrong choices, especially in art. Because there is no wrong choice. I mean, a little bit there is. We all saw out the Cats movie. Or a hey, movie like <laughs> unpopular opinion. I liked that movie. Really? I did. I'm fascinated by that. I we liked should... it better than the stage version. Oh, no, Julianne. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm we'll sorry. get into that later. It's, a, diff- it's a different episode. It's a different it's episode. A different episode. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so last but certainly not least, you have the sevens. They're the typically seven. the loudest of the Enneagram. Oh, really? Um, they are called the enthusiast. Uh, and they want to have fun. That That is the pr- number one goal. I want to have fun and I don't want to be in emotional pain. And that's, that's basically it. <laughs> they... So one of the things as an artist, um, they can really, really struggle with FOMO or fear of missing out. Yeah. Because sevens are kind of like a bucket that has holes in it. And all the fun things that they do is someone's pouring another cup of water in that bucket, but that bucket's constantly draining um, because it has holes in it and their goal is to be filled up. So they're just wanting to constantly pour more and more activities or more and more things into it. And so they can come off as flaky, but it's not like, cause a six might flake out cause they're scared of what's going to happen or a nine might flake out because it's like, well, it's really peaceful at home. Um, <laughs> but a seven gets flaky because they're like, I want to do everything. I want to do all the things. Um, and so it can be hard for them to commit to a show or commit to an idea um, because they're afraid of missing out. And so it's like, well, that, or so as a director, it's like, well, that's a really fun idea. But what if there's a better one? And so it can kind of become this almost like hodgepodge of ideas. Um, as actors, like in intense emotional scenes, they are terrified of being in emotional pain. And so sometimes, and so a lot of times, sevens can really struggle with accessing those negative emotions for scenes. Oh. It's, we have, we have a lot of sevens at our school as well, especially with our actors. And it's very, very interesting to see how it affects them. Um, I have one student who's a seven, who it actually really helps because he's so focused on having fun and being in the moment. Um, to him, he, acting is fun. And so negative emotions can be fun because they're enabling him to do this thing he loves. Yes. Um, and because he's always excited to do the scene, he's always like magnetic to watch. And every time it's different. Whereas I have another student who's a seven 
and they are really, really scared of accessing those negative emotions. And so there's very little vulnerability on stage because they're terrified of going there. Yeah. Basically, they're terrified of sitting in that emotional pain. So whether that's imagined emotional pain and sometimes, or sometimes it's kind of former trauma that they had um, with emotional pain and they don't want to bring it into the picture. Uh, and so it just, it, it, it's a big, big struggle for them is because their vulnerability, it's not so much they're afraid of being vulnerable with someone. It's more so I don't want to go there. I don't want to deal with that emotion. Um, fours are really, really good friends for the sevens because fours are like, no, you should feel this. We need to feel all of these things. Let's feel all of them together. Let's cry. Seven's like, kill me. This is so boring. Yeah. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I really, really don't want to do that. Um, so important things for sevens are one to clarify goals sometimes and really look at all these things they're committing to. Um, so Sevens usually don't want to do a written character analysis because they're like, that's not fun. I don't want to do it. That's going to take time. Um, but I think it's really important for sevens because they need to clarify what, what type of character is this? <laughs> like right. they don't get to have all the ideas and same with directors and producers. Um, a, a really good stage manager is really good for a seven because that stage manager can help hold them accountable with rehearsal time. Um, because sevens will be like, let's rehearse this. We can go rehearse this. Or I'm having so much fun with this moment. We're going to ignore that dance. Uh, and the stage manager can be like, whoa, dude, <laughs> come back. Yeah. Come over here. Let me right, guide right here, you this focus. way. Um, and, but the great thing about sevens is they're just the life of the party. Like whatever they're doing is the most fun. Um, and so for them, what they kind of have to practice that lie of, if I'm not having fun, my life's meaningless or I'm missing out or I'm losing. Um, and kind of like, well, like, why, why do you feel that way? Like what's going on? And just being like, oh, well, I'm afraid of being bored or I'm afraid of being sad. Um, and, and because so, oh, the other thing about sevens is they can feel an immense pressure to be the life of the party. And sometimes they don't want to be. Oh, and yeah. It can be really, so especially like if you have a friend that's a seven and you see them at rehearsal and they're kind of down that day or wherever you see them, whoa, dude, are you okay? Like they can very much react like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just tired today. And that can kind of feel resentful of this expectation to be the bubbly one. Um, and so they so kind of have to almost be given permission sometimes by their friends and their coworkers to, to be quiet if they need to. That makes so much sense. Is it easy for people to choose what they what they want to be? Like they they uh, want so badly to be a, a seven that they just make themselves a seven or decide they're a seven? I mean, kind of. Um, most people want to be sevens or they want to be twos, and that's about it. Oh, yeah. um, but what I have found is that a lot of times people start at two and seven. But then the more they learn about the Enneagram, they realize those motivations aren't necessarily what theirs are. Oh. So it can be kind of like maybe a two wants to be a seven. They want to be the fun one and they're terrified of missing out. But if they really start to look at it, that fear of missing out is actually fear of not being there to help. Um, and, and so it's really getting down to those core fears or those core drives. Um, yeah, but the 
it's just those core fears really get me. Um, that's a lot of times when I see people go, because it's like, oh, they read my diary. Um, yeah, you're or, seeing right through me. Yeah. Yes. Or conflict. Um, there's part of the series that I do with Rebecca. I talk and have some resources about conflict. Um, and conflict, how people handle conflict tends to be a very clear indicator of what their number is. Because that's when it's like, they are reading me for filth. <laughs> like, I feel attacked. Yeah. And, and that's interesting that you said that because one of the conversations recently that brought up the Enneagram with, again, Madison was a conversation about how we handle conflict. So that's very interesting that you say that. It's, my husband was kind of straddling two numbers. And then uh, when we read the conflict one, that's when we went, <laughs> There it is. <laughs> there it is. Uh, anything particularly special coming up for you for 2021? Rebecca and I are going to do another Enneagram for the artist course. Um, so I do a much deeper dive into the motivations and then I do a, in a pretty deep dive into the um, conflict, how, they, how they, those numbers handle conflict. And I talk a lot about um, what the wings mean and what lines mean. And so knowing how to grow within your number and then what to, what, how to recognize the warning signs of your number. Um, and then have some more resources from what I talked about today as well. Uh, and then support the arts wherever you can. The Ratatouille musical had no right being as good as it was. Uh, and I was so happy. I spent, I risked the ticket to watch the TikTok musical in during these times. It's just, we got to all get creative. So support wherever you can. Absolutely. I, I liked, I, 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 I paid, I watched. I've been singing it all day. The, the finale got to me. I, <gasps> I, I teared up. It was I got so, so emotional. And I, especially because you know, the theme is anyone can cook. And this TikTok musical showed anyone can create art. In the movie, yes. you know, they talk about how like, it's not so much anyone can cook, but it's a great cook can come from anywhere. So it's not, so again, like with the TikTok musical, it's not so much anyone can write a great musical, but a great musical can come from anywhere. It's not about who you know, or what school you went to, or what resources you have. It's about, did you create good art? Awesome. Exactly. Oh, I'm gonna go watch it again now. Oh wait, no, you can't. You can only stream it for 48 hours. We're definitely past 48 hours. Well, maybe I'll just pay again and watch it again. Okay, thank you, Brooke. 